I am Brooklyn-based psychotherapist Nikita Banks, and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. If you would like to reach out to us for feedback or show suggestions, show topics, please feel free to contact us at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to new or past episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. If you are having trouble listening to us on your preferred platform, or if you want us to be on a platform that we're not currently on, make sure that you send us a private message on our Instagram page at Black Therapist Podcast, or you can just drop us a message or send us an email at blacktherapistpodcast.com. If you want insider tips, resources, and access to our free mental health course, make sure that you text Get Happy to 66866. And my new book, Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy, is available right now on Amazon. You can go to our website or go to our Instagram pages and click the link and purchase because we want to help you get your relationships together for 2018 and beyond. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Okay, so oh, there's so much to talk about. Um, as you see, I have on my prototype t-shirts. I mean, we have so much, so, so many other brands or styles of, t- of t-shirts at this point now. And hopefully by the time you guys see or hear this episode, the site will be live. Um, if, if not, you can slide up in my DMs. Um, we are adding new things to the site all the time, such as my new wine glasses. I'm not sure if you can read it, but or see it. And um, it says more wine. I'm a therapist because I do like the wine. But tonight I'm drinking water from my old Moet cup. <laughs> if you're watching this, wherever you're watching this. So our YouTube channel is up. <laughs> Finally, all of the, well, not all of, but the majority of the old episodes are available right now on the YouTube channel. So you'll be able to watch me and hear me as well as there are some of the things that we're going to put into the academy. So if you are listening to this episode, when it goes live the first time um, in the, the middle of February, we have a few more days left to get in to our free mental health course healthy relationship building for boss chicks learn relationship cheat codes in 20 minutes a day i almost forgot what it was called so that you can get your discount code for finding happy and we're going to take our first cohort starting um not this week but next week but the discount code expires this wednesday so if you want to get in i suggest you hurry up and get in this course is amazeballs if i do say so myself It is eight weeks of working directly with the resources that are in the the academy. I think there were about 60 resource um, or lesson activities, uh, videos, 
there's an attachment quiz that will be in there as well. So there'll actually be more than 60 because I didn't even add the attachment quiz yet. But the, the attachment quiz is in there. So you find out who you're attracted to, why you're attracted to. Um, the what else is in there? The it, it's it's a bunch of stuff. I feel like I talked about it a lot and I, I don't I don't want to sell like I feel like I'm selling you something like, hey, buy my T-shirts, buy my cups. But listen, this is what it is. Number one, this is a business. Number two, people have been asking me for podcast merchandise. People have been asking me for uh, T-shirts. People have been asking me. <laughs> you haven't asked me for the wine glasses, but I figured that that's something that I would enjoy. So I just made sure that we have that we have bells, we have mugs, we have those things. But the programs is really why we're here. And, and you guys know the reason that I started this podcast was to be able to discuss my own mental health struggles and my journey to getting well and making sure that that's a part of it. And I feel like if you, if you go to a, um, a financial advisor like Tiffany, the budget Nista, then, you know, the reason she became a financial advisor was because she needed one when she, you know, went through financial issues. The reason most people become fitness gurus or fitness experts is because they struggled with those things as well. And they're able to identify with the problems that you're going to through. So not everybody lives in Brooklyn or in, in one of the four states that I'm licensed in, New York, New Jersey, Georgia, and Florida, right? Not everybody's going to be able to hire me. I don't take all insurances. So I had to try to figure out a way to be able to work directly with women of color to give them the information that they need to get the life that they, they wanted to live. And so I created these programs in order to be able to do that. And if you can't afford a program at $300 or... I mean, the full price of the program is $350. We give you $100 off if you take the course, um, Healthy Relationship Building for Boss Chicks. There's a $100 coupon code in there that expires on Wednesday, like I said. So you'll be able to get the cards for, for $250. You, there's four hours, probably more, once I get started, but there's four hours minimum of group coaching and one-on-ones in that, that course. And in order to see me in my office, and you, like the range, it starts minimum $160. That's for an assessment. First time you come to me. And that's not even for an hour of my time. That's for 45 minutes. And so like, I don't know why you would, you would not want to, to do this like that. It's less than two sessions with me um, is what this course is, which is you, you might want to jump on. If you're curious about um, therapeutic coaching, because this is not, therapy per se, but I use some of the basic principles of my therapeutic education in order to guide my, my coaching in this course. But I mean, it's a good, it's a good value. Uh, eight modules, eight weeks, four live coaching sessions, biweekly check-ins. Um, you can submit questions. You can come to the, the, the thing live. You can, uh, send me emails, one-on-ones. Like we have a lot of, lot of good FaceTime that's in there. And then there are assignments. There's uh, worksheets. There is readings. 
I've, I packed a lot of value in this course and I know for a fact that the course is going to be going up. So it's not going to stay at $350 once I get enough people in it and get some feedback and start to fine tune it the way that I really, really want it. And the way that you guys say that would provide you the most value. It won't stay at that. I already know. So that said, this week we are going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite subjects, which is personality types to avoid for a love connection. Now, first things first, every Thursday, I will be going live from the Black Therapist Podcast, <laughs> like pointing at my tits. The Black Therapist Podcast website, I mean, I'm sorry, Black Therapist Podcast Instagram. So every Thursday, we're going to be going live on the Black Therapist Podcast Instagram at 3 p.m. and we're going to be talking about all things relationships. This was a four-week engagement. I may extend it. I don't know. Uh, usually I am off on Thursdays because Thursday is my administrative days and in my private practice, they, my office is closed. So I'm, I'm usually having time to do my billing and chase down my, my checks from insurance companies, make phone calls, etc. And I usually do that on Thursdays if I don't have to see patients in the hospital. So I'm hoping that I don't have to see patients in the hospital, because if I do have to see patients in the hospital, usually I do that between two and three. But I'm trying to commit these next four weeks to be live, to work with you guys, to take your questions. If you've taken the quiz or taken the attachment quiz in the healthy relationship for boss chicks, learn relationship cheat codes in 20 minutes a day. Then last week, there were a lot of people who had questions about the attachment quiz. And what I'm thinking about maybe even doing is a mini, a mini lesson only on attachment, because I, I feel like attachment is so important. Um, you know, I know a lot of therapists listen to this show. Y'all let me know if you think it's important, but I think attachment is an important thing. So I talk about it a lot. Um, but I have... I had three topics and I was looking for one more. So if you have one more topic that you want to give us, let me know. The first week, which is on our Instagram stories right now, is the attachment styles, why they're important and you need to find out yours. Um, this week, we are going to be talking about personality types to avoid for love connections. And next week is toxic families and renegotiating roles and relationships. And building boundaries. So don't miss it. It's going to be a blast. Okay, let's get into today's lesson. So today we will discuss the four personality types you should avoid for a love connections. And I think it's super important and underrated that we talk about personality types. So in the field of psychology, we hear a lot about diagnosis and not enough about personality disorders and their developments, especially since everybody has a personality, right? It would be super important. But that is also why it's hard to talk about personality disorders and we all have some parts of personality traits that make up personality disorders the difference between personality disorders and personality types so the main difference between what defines a personality type and what defines a personality disorder is whether or not the collection of 
traits, because I don't want to call them symptoms, even though they, can, they may be symptoms, but the collection of traits lead you to have a impairment in your um, emotional development, uh, your inability to develop emotional closeness or close relationships if it impairs your ability to find employment and maintain employment, if it leads to multiple hospitalizations or hospitalizations and emotional disturbance, and if your daily functioning is reduced as a result of it, okay? So for example, your president currently, (laughs) I won't say his name, 45, 45, has very narcissistic traits, but because of his economic standing, standing, right, and his, the constant enabling of his father, he was not impaired in the way that if he was just a regular Joe who had to work for somebody else, he would have been impaired. Like, like we're now seeing all of these emotional disturbances that he has now and all these personality quirks that are in line with um, narcissistic personality disorder or malignant narcissistic personality disorder because he now works for the American people. But when he worked for himself, he, he didn't have these problems and he had his father to bail him out, which is very similar. His story is parallels my dad's in a lot of different ways. Um, and we talk about that later or we may talk about that another time. So that's one thing. Another thing that makes it a disorder is you have to have at least, I believe it is five to six criteria uh, or traits that are possible in a a personality disorder to to have a diagnosis or traits in a personality type. So it's like, I'm trying to figure out what's the easiest way for me to describe this. So it's like if you have a cold, right? If you have a cold and you have, no, I'll I'll, I'll use depression, right? So in order for you to have depression, you have to have either um, lost lack of concentration. You have to have, I don't know why I'm blanking, sadness, perpetual sadness. You have to have inability to function either overeating or undereating, either oversleeping or undersleeping. You have to have a preoccupation with, with death, intrusive thoughts. So all of these make up a diagnosis, right? But you may not have all of those. You may have some of those, like, but you have to have at least five in order for us to be like, well, they have a, diag- a, a, a diagnosis of depression. And let's say the amount of time, was it for one month or three months? Was it, is it persistent? If it's persistent, then it's dysthymia and it's not depression. If you've had a manic episode with that, then you have bipolar depression. You get what I'm saying? So it's not just that you have these symptoms is you have to have a certain set number of the traits in order for us to say, this is that person's personality type. And it has to have be, uh, um, impairing your daily functioning in order for us to say, oh, this is a disorder. 
right? Because a disorder is exactly what it sounds like. It's something that brings chaos or destruction or dis- disorganization to your life. That's what makes it a disorder. Not that, you know, just, I mean, there are a lot of successful people who are narcissists. There are a lot of successful people who are sociopaths. There are a lot of successful people who are histrionic. Um, and those are all things that we're going to talk about today. Cause I think in relationship wise, if you're just a regular Joe or a regular Jane and you're trying to date somebody who's histrionic, they may get on your, your fucking nerves. If you're trying to be close with a narcissist, you're going to get your heart and your feelings and everything else broken. So we're going to talk about that more in depth. So in this day and age, in the the age of the Instagram models, it would be very hard to find somebody who is not a teeny weeny bit narcissistic or histrionic. But we have to be careful to not label people who are just plain weird as having a disorder. (laughs) So today we're going to talk more in depth about how you tell the difference. Okay, so let's break this down. What is a personality? It is a characteristic set of behavior is a set of characteristic behaviors, cognitions, emotional patterns, and emotional patterns that evolve from biological factors, nature versus nurture, heredity, environment, family, and culture. These are all situations that influence our personality. And the other thing that influences our personality is natural temperament. Personality typing is simply a system of seeing consistent patterns of behaviors within an individual. Society and culture sets the societal norms and standards, and we as human beings have to learn how to navigate them by either being in sync with those patterns or rejecting them. Now, as an African-American, or I'm black, it goes without saying we are, for the most part, counterculture, but we're also what defines cool, right? So as far as this psychological stuff is or goes, we have traditionally been an anomaly to science who don't even really bother to study us and saw us as different or inferior. Yet, though, through policies like integration, we lost our independence and the university and scientific research that would have done studies on us for us by us right to benefit us ceased to exist and now we have to contend with freud and them to tell us how we feel and it it builds a lot of mistrust so that said because of assimilation and acculturation we have started to think and act like dwight's and with the barriers of not being them and engaging in code switching and the like, and it com- becomes very confusing. And so we have learned to see what the people see is normally to see if we are in line with that behavior or we are just plain out of line, period. And so for a lot of us, we become diagnosed with these disorders Either we're overdiagnosed or we're underdiagnosed, either overmedicated or undermedicated, which is why there has to be more culturally competent, responsible therapists. We need more therapists of color so that we could say, oh, no, that's just, you know, culture. That's not a diagnosable, you know, thing. Right. Or that's just, a, a, you know, a normal behavior in, in our culture. And so I think that a lot of this stuff doesn't take into account culture. But I also think culturally, black people have they have their own issues 
We gonna talk about that another time. It's a lot to talk about another time. That's gonna be a really, really, really good, good show. I'm gonna step on a few toes. Can't wait. But when we talk about um, culturally, how how we are, I believe we're predisposed to certain disorders and certain behaviors that are destructive and disruptive and maladaptive. And it, it is stopping us from finding the closeness that we say that we attain. And so definitely want to talk about that later. The other thing about personality disorders that scare the hell out of people is they are who they are, right? And depending on the personality type, you don't think that there's nothing wrong with you, right? Your personality is deeply rooted in who you are. And if someone tries to get you to change that without your consent or your insight, that's a problem. It's a problem. If your personality is built on such maladaptive, destructive, dysfunctional, abusive, and neglectful behaviors, that is a freaking problem. If they are able to get into close relationships with others, their distorted sense of self, unstable emotions, or out-of-control behaviors mean that any long-term partners they have must be willing to put up with a great deal of bull. Especially when life circumstances aggravate, aggravate their already precarious hold on their feelings and behaviors. It's very easy to say, oh, just avoid psychopaths or people with antisocial personality disorders. And that is not what you think. Criminals, etc. But that should be easy to say. But since there's a whole world called locked up love or love after lockdown or whatever the hell the show is called. I mean, you might want to avoid someone that is outwardly nutty, but that's not what we're talking about today. Antisocial personality disorder is not someone like me who enjoys to have alone time. And the actual clinical term for that means a criminal and someone whose behavior is repeatedly acting against society. So it goes without saying that you should avoid criminals, but you know, John Gotti had a wife. Hell, y'all president got had three, right? The Menendez brothers, they, they get married behind bars. People were writing, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer and what's the John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy letters, right? So clearly there are these, these people out here that believe that love can cure you of any old thing and they will just try and try and try for whatever reason, right? But but if you're somebody like me who grew up in the hood, I knew some criminals who were very nice people to me. <laughs> Sounds nutty. They were very nice people to me, but they are, you know, they've they've done some time. And and if you if you live in a black community and we know that we our men are targeted a lot more, they're arrested for lesser for lesser crimes, they get time for things that other people would get a slap on the wrist for. Like we know these things. So it's it would be easy to say avoid a criminal, but it's 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 not often done. It's not always done. And as somebody who works with sex offenders, I can tell you that a lot of those guys who are convicted sex offenders they have 
they have partners. They have partners. They have families. They get married. I didn't put paraphilia on here, but paraphilia is a disorder. It's not really like a personality thing. So, yeah, avoid sex sex offenders, though, please. I mean, I, I say that goes without saying, but I have to, I feel like I have to say it. You might want to avoid sex offenders. So I'm talking more about single white females, not interracial love. I'm talking about the shape shifting borderline personality peeps. Now, I have an issue with the thought that most people who suffer from borderline personality disorders are women. But I believe the reason for that narrative continues is A, women go to therapy more and are therefore diagnosed over men. B, men perpetuate this. And C, women are seen as biologically predisposed to being erratic, which I disagree with a little bit. However, the truth is that I believe that there are also more men who are borderline, but they are just undiagnosed. These men are evidenced by movies like You and Dirty John. Borderline personality disorder, aka emotionally unstable personality disorder, which is its literal name, is diagnosed by the following behaviors. One, the extreme people with borderline personality disorder. And of course, because I'm hip hop, I'm going to keep messing up and saying BDP for Boogie Down Productions. So don't don't mind me. People with BPD have regular trouble regulating their emotions and they cannot handle rejection. So before they are rejected, they reject you. They have impulsivity. Um inability to make good decisions, disproportionate rage reactions, unstable sense of identity, desperate fears of abandonment, maintaining and always a present entourage, chronic feelings of emptiness, often dramatic suicidal threats or gestures, thought distortion, and sometimes sliding into paranoia. These people also cut um, or they, they may... Ex- exhibit self-harming behaviors. Uh, they make erratic decisions and like, you know, super promiscuous sex or they will overspend or make, you know, a, a lot of impulsivity and impulsive decisions. Um, and they are, are really, it really is hard for them to regulate their emotions. Also, I wanted to say this, um, and I feel like I'm, I'm jumping around, but men are usually diagnosed as sociopathic if they have borderline personality traits. And that's because men have more, I don't, I don't want to sound sexist, but in our society, men are more celebrated for their, their rage. Like we see that going on now with a lot of the school shootings and America's access to guns. And so men have more access. I don't want, I mean, I guess women have the same access. Maybe culturally men just will do something real stupid if they can't regulate their emotions, if men can't regulate their emotions, there's usually going to be a lot more violence 
then that happens with women. But I think that because the level of violence or violent reaction is criminal, it may seem that that all men who have these emotional disturbances are just sociopaths instead of being borderline. So I think that that's another reason why men are underdiagnosed. Fear of abandonment. People with borderline personality disorder are terrified of being abandoned or left alone. Even something as innocuous as a loved one arriving home late from work or going away for the weekend may trigger intense fear. This can prompt frantic efforts to keep the other person close. You may beg or cling, start fights, track your loved one's movements, or even physically block the person from leaving. Unfortunately, this behavior tends to have the opposite effect, driving others away. Two, unstable relationships. People with BPD tend to have relationships that are intense and short-lived. You may fall in love quick, believing that each new person is the one who will make you feel whole, only to be quickly disappointed and your relationships either seem perfect or horrible without any middle ground. Your lovers, friends, family members may feel like they have emotional whip flash. As a result of your rapid swings from idealization to devaluation to anger and hate. Unclear or shifting self-image. When you have borderline personality disorder, your sense of self is typically unstable. Sometimes you may feel good about yourself, but other times you hate yourself or even view yourself as evil. You probably don't have a clear idea of who you are or what you want in life. As a result, you may frequently change jobs, friends, lovers, religions, values, goals, and even sexual identity. Four, impulsive self-destructive behaviors. If you have P. BPD, of course, I want to say the other thing. <laughs> you may engage in harmful sensation-seeking behaviors, especially when you're upset. You may impulsively spend money you can't afford, binge eat, drive recklessly, shoplift, engage in risky sex, or overdo it with drugs or alcohol. These risky behaviors may help you feel better in the moment, but they hurt you and those around you over the long term. Five, self-harm. I just talked about this. Suicidal behaviors and deliberate self-harm is common with people with BPD. Suicidal behaviors, including thinking about suicide, making suicidal gestures or threats, or actually carrying out a suicide attempt. Self-harm encompasses all other attempts to hurt yourself without suicidal temp attempts, like cutting, burning, um, Extreme emotional swings, unstable moods and mood swings are common. One moment you may feel happy, the next despondent. Little things that other people brush off can send you into an emotional tailspin. These mood swings are intense, but they tend to pass fairly quick. Unlike the emotional mood swings of depression or bipolar disorder, usually lasting a few minutes or hours. Chronic feelings of emptiness. People with BPD often feel empty and they talk about it as if there is a hole or a void inside of them. At the extreme, you may feel as if you are nothing or nobody. And this feeling is so uncomfortable that you may try to fill it with things like alcohol or drugs or food or sex. 
but nothing feels truly sad satisfying explosive anger ah now if you have bpd you may struggle with intense anger and a short temper you may also have trouble controlling yourself once the fuse is lit (laughs) yelling throwing things or becoming completely consumed by rage it is important to note that this anger isn't always directed outward You may spend a lot of time feeling angry at yourself, feeling suspicious or out of touch with reality. People with BPD often struggle with paranoia or suspicions or suspicious thoughts about others and their motives. When under stress, you may even lose touch with reality. A little thing called disassociation. You feel foggy, spaced out, or if you're outside of your body floating. Okay. These people are scary. They're, they're, they're very scary people. Um, might want to avoid them, but what if, what if you are them? So possible famous borderlines, Angelina Jolie, remember when she was wearing the blood around her neck when she's married to Billy Bob Thornton, Madeline Monroe, football player, Brandon Marshall talks about it. Amy Winehouse, Britney Spears, and more. Now, Borderline is usually going on at the same time as another diagnosis like mania or depression, or it can be the cause of it, right? So in African-American communities, these also go either under or misdiagnosed. For me, I learned in school, if someone is cutting themselves, more than likely they have bipolar disorder, period. But for the most part, we don't see a whole lot of that kind of self-injurious behaviors. I'll say in in a lot of African-American communities or in African-American patients, we see more internal self-injury in black communities like drugs and alcohol abuse. The reason that people indulge into these activities is because they have problems regulating their emotions and they become so unbearable that the lack of mechanism to navigate them makes them just want to suppress them. So when you try to break up with borderlines, they go ape shit. <laughs> I really believe that a lot of men who commit domestic violence are borderline. They use dangerous means of control so they are not abandoned and they are emotional suicide bombers. And what I mean by that is they will take all collateral damage and you too. If they can get you, they don't care if they get themselves as long as they take you out. And I believe in hindsight that my nutty pops was probably borderline. He feared being abandoned because his mother was murdered when he was 12 and he saw it. So he would do wild stuff where he thought that you were going to leave. Like he, he, he climbed into my mother's third or fourth story window and broke into her apartment when she broke up with him. I had an argument with him one time and he told me that he was going to call the police on me. <laughs> and he was going to take my kid uh, just because I wouldn't put up with his toxic behaviors. Like he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Loved him, but he was. Um, and he even threatened suicide a few times. And, um, you know, even when he died, this is not a laughing matter, but when he died, my family was kind of concerned that he actually did it. I didn't think that he would kill himself ever because he's a narcissist too. But anyway, I wouldn't have been surprised if, um, you know, seeing his mother die had triggered 
this abandoned fear of abandonment and it was the only way that his messed up psyche could even make sense of what of being left and what he saw so the narrative of a person with borderline personality disorder is I often feel empty my emotions shift very quickly and I often experience extreme periods of sadness anger and anxiety I am constantly afraid that people I care about will abandon me or leave me. I would describe most of my romantic relationships as intense but unstable. And the way I feel about the people in my life can dramatically change from one moment to the next. And I don't always understand why. I often do things that I know are dangerous or unhealthy, such as driving recklessly having unsafe sex, binge drinking, doing drugs, or going out on shopping sprees. I've attempted to hurt myself, engage in self-harming behaviors such as cutting or threatened suicide. And when I'm feeling insecure in a relationship, I tend to lash out and make impulsive gestures to keep the other person close. Dismissing black and white thinking as seeing people as all good or all bad is a problem. Throwing the baby out with the bathwater is how borderline see people. They try to think and act and speak in ways that they think their partner will like by mirroring them. And once a bad thing happens, they may feel an intense feeling of distrust and hatred. They may feel that they have given everything in the relationship and changed everything about themselves to satisfy the other person, even if they weren't asked to do this, right? So mirroring behaviors are like what we've seen in Single White Female. If you've never seen that movie, go out and watch it. It's a really good movie. But um, a lot of borderlines have an unstable view of themselves they're not very sure of themselves they're not very secure in themselves so they're very me too and I don't mean the me too movement shout out to Tarana Burke that's amazing but I mean it reminds me of the song horse and carriage and the part I don't want to I'm not gonna sing it but you google that it's a good song but in the song when when Cameron is like the girl says he says something and the girl says me too right so whatever you do they do if you, if, if sushi is my favorite food, sushi is your favorite food. You know, single white female is my favorite movie. Single white female is my favorite movie. It's just like every single thing that you do, or not every single thing that you do, but a lot of what you do, because they have an unstable sense of self that they'll do whatever it is that whoever they, their object is, the object of their attention, because it doesn't even have to be somebody that they, that they like. But an object of their attention does, they would, they'll do. So the second personality type to avoid is paranoids. Doubt of commitment, loyalty, trustworthy of others. Believing others are using or deceiving them. They are paranoid. They are reluctant to confide in others or reveal personal information due to a fear that that information will be used against them. They are unforgiven and they hold grudges. They are hypersensitive and take criticism poorly. 
They read hidden meanings in innocent remarks or casual looks of others, perceive attacks on their character that are not apparent to others because they ain't there. <laughs> they generally react with anger and are quick to retaliate and have recurrent suspicions without reasons that their spouses or lovers are being unfaithful. They are generally cold and distant in their relationships with others and might become controlling and jealous, cannot see their role in any problem or conflict, and they believe that they are always right. They have difficulty relaxing. They are hostile and stubborn and argumentative. Sounds like a love connection. <laughs> so the reason that I say paranoid is because obviously... They sound like disasters, right? You want to avoid paranoid people. But uh, paranoia is a prominent symptom of schizophrenia. And I'm not telling you not to date people who have schizophrenia, but I am saying that, that it is a particularly dangerous symptom to have. You know, even for people who have PTSD, that hypersensitivity, that hyper-awareness, that paranoia, it is very dangerous to, to get close to them as partners. And if you're looking for somebody to get a love connection with, you don't want to be with somebody who's paranoid or jealous all the time or don't trust you or think that you're always up to nothing and no good, right? That's not something that, that lends itself to a healthy interaction or a healthy love connection. So, I just think that paranoids are, you know, something that is not talked about a lot. That's something that you really need to kind of think about. Okay. So the third two, the third two are kind of twin spirits. One is the psychopath and the other is a narcissist. Now, did you know that a minister, a chef, surgeon, salesman, civil servant, Politician, police officer, television personality, CEO, and lawyer have that in common. They are all career paths chosen by psychopaths, right? And these are also narcissistic careers as well. So what do they have in common? Well, the difference is that the one is likely to kill you. The other one will make you want to die. <laughs> or to get away from them. That's just a little narcissistic humor, right? But what most people don't know is that all psychopaths are narcissistic, but not all narcissists are psychopaths. And I mean, I didn't, I, I, I didn't make it up that those are the careers. It was just a study and I just thought it was an interesting fact that all of those careers are narcissistic careers or you know, psychopathic careers. But in the case of like surgeons, um, ministers, police officers, politicians, that makes a lot of sense because these are careers where they, they, they have a grandiose sense of importance. Some of them literally have the power of life or death and they can exert a lot of great, a lot of power on the lives of other people which can be scary for most people and not for others. And another good thing about other good thing, but a good thing about the people who are narcissistic and psychopaths is that they're usually seen as good under pressure and they can think in terms of bottom line, 
financially as opposed to human collateral. And that's not really good when you think it in terms of a politician. It's not really what we want, but it's kind of like the, the political structure that we have now in this country. And that's a whole nother topic. Everything I say is a whole nother topic, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Psychopathy is a personality disorder that has been variously described as characterized by shallow emotions and particularly reduced fear, stress, tolerance, lacking empathy, cold heartedness, lacking guilt, uh, uh, manipulative impulsivity, antisocial behaviors uh, such as criminality. Because of the way society is set up, we see psychopaths as kind of like badass guys, we love to glorify them. All the Chuck Norrises and Charles Bronsons, Bruce Willis's and Sam Jackson <laughs> of the world. We have seen them using their psychopathy in the defense of the weak. Look at Denzel Washington and Equalizer, right? And then the society of black women, we want a man to go that extra mile ow, to make sure that we are safe in a world where police could just pull us over and violate us and our men, right? However, the problem is that the cops are more than likely to be psychopaths themselves. So with the power of life and death in their hands and the ability to assert their power and control over the lives of many, you can get power drunk. And this extends to their relationships as well. To be honest, when you are growing up in Brooklyn, I have dated my fair share of, how should I say, criminals. I, I told you guys this. The occasional drug dealers. One time, one time I dated a well-known rapper, and as we were chilling and getting to know each other in the you know early phases of our relationship, I knew he had an arrest. So I just casually asked him, hey, what did you get arrested for? And he was like, uh, well, uh, aggravated kidnapping. And some, and some other things. I was like, oh, hell no. Mm-mm. Nope. My baby lives here. <laughs> the relationship didn't last long. However, yeah. Psychopaths have people who love them too. Save that for their grandma, right? You save yourselves. You, you don't want to get caught up in a relationship with a psychopath. Okay. But narcissists and psychopaths are my jam. On the surface, they are everything I'm attracted to. They look good. They're successful. They manscape. They dress well. They have nice stuff, right? But I don't like that they don't share. And they don't allow you to get your way with them. Because you work for them. Dealing with my dad, he would often make me feel really good. He would compliment me. Um, but I, I didn't understand until I understood his diagnosis that when he would compliment me, he was really complimenting himself. He was like, oh, my daughter is beautiful. So therefore, I'm beautiful. You know, she's, she's good because she came from me. It's kind of a, a different kind of form of mirroring. A la y'all president who says that he hopes his daughter has a nice rack and she's an infant or that he would date the one he loves because she's the attractive one, right? My dad was proud and obsessed um, when my sister and I would get male attention, but he was also a real estate developer like y'all president. 
Um, and I dated a guy who was a, a real estate guy, had a lot of properties and stuff. And my father was smitten with him. <laughs> he like drove a nice car. My dad always drove nice cars. So my father was like, she's dating me. I mean, I know that's not what he said. Damn, my father was, was weird. I just thought he was funny. I mean, you, you, when you live in certain kind of societal shit, like you live inside certain environments, you just think this is normal stuff, right? I, I loved him, but he was nutty. But yeah, I, I found myself attracted to, I am, I am, I, I will admit, I am attracted to men who are on the narcissism scale. Like I like a man with a little bit of money. I like a man with a little bit of stuff. Narcissists are usually successful. They present well. They have good, you know, but you almost have to be a narcissist to be a black man in the, the United States. And that's another conversation for you on the day, but we going to put a pin in that. And y'all let me know if you're thinking about that and you hear this, you let me know what you think about that. I think that a lot of black men are narcissistic because of the way society is and the way society treats us. But I know I'm going to ruffle a few feathers. I said I wasn't going to say it, but I said it today. I'm going to ruffle a few feathers. Damn, fight me. It is what it is. <laughs> and the, the next and last personality disorder that we're going to talk about is histrionic personality disorder. Now, histrionics are not really talked about a lot, but I think that they are seen everywhere. A histrionic is like a drama queen, right? And diagnostically, it's, it's a Kardashian, Right. It's it's a woman who needs to be center of attention. They need uh, eyes and, and, and ears and fingers and toes on them at all given times. They need to to ooze attention at all times. They are overly sexual. They are. I mean, even in the diagnosis, it says a change appearance a lot. But with. I mean, that could be any, any old black woman, but you see how the Kardashians, they invented, you know, the boxer braids. <laughs> Not. Um, and so really what a histrionic person is, is a drama queen. And it is very difficult to be in a relationship with anybody that lacks empathy. It's very difficult to be in a relationship with somebody that believes that they are, they are here and you are there. It's very difficult to be in a relationship with somebody who believes that the sun rises when they open their eyes in the morning because at all times, the, the, the onus of the relationship is on you. In its present day iteration, the symptoms of histrionic personality disorder are in some ways very similar to narcissism to the point that some researchers believe the two are virtually indistinguishable. However, people who would have a high histrionic symptom index would, in addition to being self-censured or sexually seductive or in an indiscriminate manner, overly theatrical, capable of only superficial feelings and superficial relationships with others. They are unhappy when they are not the center of attention. 
Thus, it's the people with histrionic personality disorder who are most likely to qualify for the distinction of drama queens. Their additional quality of being overly impressionistic and it adds to the mix a mint of histrionic symptoms being the basis of limited evidence. In other words, they jump to conclusions often basing their decisions on gut instincts rather careful analysis in general we have to start to examine our attractions to the types of people who are on the spectrums for these personality types as well as those personalities who rise to the level of disorder and dysfunction there are a lot of attractive traits that are promoted in this fucked up society that make us think that these behaviors are desirable. But if the goal is peace, health, and happiness, and not relationships that will give us the runaround and consistently trying to convince us that these screwed up individuals are lovable, we have to identify why we are attracted to them. See what we see that is both attractive and repulsive and find someone to help us heal that ish and make another choice. Now, I'm thinking about doing a class all on narcissism and destructive personality disorders in a new course called Detox Love Recovery. Learn to leave unhealthy love once and for all. Now, let me know if this is something that you'll be interested in in our next four week coaching program because I would love to do that. Okay. Now I picked these personality disorders for a reason or personality types for a reason, because if you're looking to, to, to have a healthy love connection, what ends up happening with these sorts of people is you find yourself constantly trying to prove your worthiness to them. And what ends up happening is you feel unlovable because you can't get these people to love you, but they cannot. They simply can't. They don't have the capacity. They don't have the emotional fortitude to be able to feel what you want them to feel. They cannot be who you want them to be. They're not going to make the decisions that put you first or make makes your needs more important than theirs at any given time and if they do it's usually a tool of manipulation it's not really because they want to see you happy it's usually a mechanism for them to get something that they're looking to get these people are calculating they're manipulative they will hurt you and if you're looking for love or healthy connections these ain't your these ain't your folks now what if these are your folks what if these are your family members? As I said, I think my father was very mentally ill. I know that there are some other members of my family who have personality disorders. I know my I myself, am I'm on a spectrum. <laughs> I'm on a spectrum of behaviors. I can be very histrionic when I want to because I'm the center of attention. Look at me right now. I'm talking to you guys. Like this, this takes a, a certain level of courage. This takes a certain level of uh, chutzpah. I speak Yiddish. I live in... I live in Midwood, Brooklyn. Um, but this this takes a certain level of guts. But, you know, you kind of have to have a grandiose idea about yourself to be like, I could do this, right? But 
there's a healthy level of that. I think that we all have to have a healthy level of like wanting to be the center of attention sometimes, but I don't need to be the center of attention all the time, right? I don't, I don't need to be the center of attention all the time, but I like to dress. I like to get dressed. I like to maybe show out sometimes when I go out, but I won't, I won't upstage a bride, right? I won't, you know, feign at a, a, a wedding, or like, I'm, I like you, like, bad, I don't, I'm not, I don't like bad behavior. Like, I like to maybe make a scene and be seen, but I don't like to make a scene. I don't like anybody that's loud and boisterous and what, and histrionic people are that, are that. And for black women, because we have been ignored by society, our beauty isn't exalted. We aren't. Um, given the credit that we're due, a lot of the times we, we're seen as boisterous and histrionic. But that's just because we're being judged by other people's standards. So it's kind of hard to to see and say, but you know that girlfriend that you got that's repeatedly the rude one or that girlfriend that always got to shade everybody or not nice to anybody if she's not being seen. Like, we we, we know who those people are. But um, it's very difficult to get close to them, even as friends. But it, as family members, it could be very difficult as well. So just kind of keep in mind that these are all personality types. And they may rise to the level of disorder if they it, it lowers their daily functioning or their functioning or their ability, ability to make money or be close to other people or keep jobs. But... Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring these to your awareness. I know that everybody has probably heard of like borderline or narcissistic or sociopath or a psychopath and sociopath and psychopath is the same thing. But not a lot of people know about histrionic personality disorder. Not a lot of people knows about um, schizoid. I say schizoid because, you know, I grew up in in the the rap era would be like, she's a schizoid. And uh, my therapist and I had a long conversation about that. That's not how you pronounce it. It's pronounced schizoid personality disorder, which I also think a lot of black women have. And we will talk about that another time. We can talk about that another time. We're going to just talk about that. We're going to talk about everything another time. But anyway, uh, schizoid personality disorder. Did I say that right? No. Yes. Schizoid. No. Schizoid. I'm sorry, y'all. Schizoid personality disorder is a personality disorder that I think a lot of black women have. And we're going to talk about that another time as well. I think that, I, I mean, I could also do a show on personality types, period. If you find this interesting, some people may, some people may not. I think it's interesting because it, it allowed me to kind of understand my father. Once I realized what his diagnosis was and what his issues was, it allowed me to bond with him in a different way. And it allowed me to see him for what he was and not for what he wasn't and more in the dream of making him be something that he couldn't be in my life. And it saved me a lot of years of trying to turn him into somebody that he wasn't. So this has been another episode of the Black Therapist Podcast. I hope you guys do not forget to join us Thursday at three o'clock on our Instagram page where we are going to talk about these Four personality types that um, 
that you should avoid for a love connection if you want to make secure connections with your loved ones. The way that you prepare for the show is number one, DM me or email me and ask me whatever questions you want to ask me about different personality types of disorders. I'll talk about more than these four. If you have questions, if you listen to, um, listen to this show, if you haven't yet, yet, because, um, I'm going to answer whatever questions that you'll have on um, our Instagram page. So listen to the whole show. Take notes if you need to. And three, make sure that you're there at three o'clock with all of your questions. And we're going to answer. I don't know how long I'm going to go. Maybe 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. But it depends if you show up and ask me questions. I will answer them. Also, you can... Shop our teas at the Black Therapist Podcast Shop. Um, and thank you for listening and continuing to support what it is that we do here. All right? Be well. Oh, 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 oh. Our, your coupon code, your coupon code expires on this Wednesday. So if you have taken our free mental health course and you want that $100 off <laughs> to take our full eight-week course with the the four hours of one-on-one coaching sessions with, with us, or well, four hours of live coaching sessions with us, then make sure that you, you use that thing while you can. Okay. Cause we're only going to take a certain number of people in the course. Once it's full, it's full. That's it. And we're going to keep going. All right. So thank you for listening be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your host, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I, thanks, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and on the show's website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you want to send us any general feedback, show suggestions, uh, show topics, or guest ideas, please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Be well.